You're listening to She Said What with your host, Alyssa Harper. Oh my God, hello. Welcome or welcome back to She Said What with your host, Alyssa Harper. That is me. Today's episode is all about what the heck do I do if I am in a long-term relationship with someone and, you know, at first the sex was heaps of fun, we were still figuring out each other's bodies, it was still really exciting, you know, maybe when you were dating you think back to early on in the relationship, but now you've been in the relationship for a while and the sex is becoming a little bit boring, a little bit kind of like lazy, and a lot of people don't want to talk about this. It, it can feel a bit embarrassing. It can feel like you've done something wrong and there's a lot of shame around it. But what we're going to do today is say F that to the shame and we are going to focus on actual helpful things and actual ways to figure this out and to create a healthy beautiful sexual relationship with someone that is just one part of a huge holistic relationship that you guys have and how to fight this and to go into this new journey together. And it's going to be such a fun episode. I'm so excited to be talking about this because I actually recently posted about this on my TikTok and I got a lot of feedback and a lot of people really feeling like they needed this. And I had no idea how big this would go. And so I just thought, let's do a whole podcast episode where we can really get into it really dive in and I can give you guys really detailed tips and tricks. So here we go. Let's get into it. So quick update on my week. Let's see what's going on. I've just been teaching Pilates a lot. I've teach, I'm teaching like five days a week. So I'm creating lots of class plans and getting really creative with my teaching. And it's been so much fun. I've had so many clients tell me that they love my classes and they're having a lot of fun of them. And that always just warms my heart because it's a bit hard when you teach like fitness like this and you don't get heaps of feedback. Like maybe you'll get someone on their way out the door being like, oh, great class, you know, but you just wonder like, oh, did they like it? I hope they liked it. So it's really nice to be getting that recently. And it's just been good. Like teaching, teaching for me is one of those things that it's just me sharing something that I really love with people. So it's just, it comes naturally in the sense of, I genuinely care about that moment where it clicks for them and they understand why they're like keeping their knees over their ankles in a squat and why they aren't like pushing their knees past that point and protecting the joints and caring for those muscles and seeing their growth. And I just find it also fun. And I get to hang out with a bunch of people who are doing something for their health. Like they've literally shown up and been like, I want to do something for me. And I remind them of that. And I literally say in classes, like you came here for you. So work on your body. Like you don't need to be competitive. Like Pilates is not a competitive sport. This is something that you are doing for you today. So take an option for you that is strong and stick with it. And it's, it's really fun and really encouraging. So that's been amazing. And I've just been loving teaching. And um, if you guys have been listening to my podcast for a while, you know, it's been like a journey for me to get there. Um, and I even shared a few, actually, probably not that long ago, maybe like five or six episodes ago about how nervous I was to start this job and how I was just like, I don't even know if I can do this. Like, it's just it feels feels like so big and it feels like so challenging. Um, and now it's just so amazing. And so that's a little piece of encouragement for you is if you're trying something new right now, you're trying to put yourself out there, you might be going through that learning curve phase. You might be going through that initial phase that can create a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear. Like there's always the outcome of that. There's always the other side that you're eventually going to get to. And when you get there, it's amazing, but also enjoy the process and enjoy learning how to cope with 
the anxiety or the fear as you try new things because it's also a skill that you get to take on into the rest of your life. So don't try to like push it away and pretend it's not there, but do like lean into it and learn from it because it's so valuable for you to have that experience. But anyways, I'm going off on a tangent. Anyways, that was that's some update on my week and um, that's everything that's been going on with me. I had a really bad flu like two weeks ago and um, it was horrible, like five days straight, guys. It was like worse than COVID, 100%. It was horrible. And so I've had a cough for the last like two weeks since then. Um, I'm not feeling sick anymore, but still have a cough and I'm a bit tired and you know, you know how it is, but coming back from that, um, it's good to be living my life again. It's good to be out in the world again. And, um, it's good to be talking to you guys because I love talking about all of these topics that for a lot of people can create shame. Because I think for me, I've dealt with a lot of shame coming from the church and growing up like feeling like I wasn't allowed to do a lot of things. I felt like the moment I started exploring, I would constantly feel like I was saying things to myself, like, you know, I shouldn't be thinking this way or I shouldn't feel bad, but blah, 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 blah. And I was constantly like putting the word should before everything I said. And one day I just had to realize I had to stop saying should, and I had to stop prefacing everything I did with trying to explain myself because life is about growing and exploring and expanding and putting that damper on yourself of, oh, I shouldn't be thinking this way. F that, like you need to be thinking things that you haven't thought before. You need to be expanding because that's life. Like that's the experience. Um, And so for me talking about things like sex and sex and relationships and even like personal, like masturbation, things like that, understanding your body and teaching you guys what I've basically taught myself. And, you know, you've been through, you know, so many different things like counseling and just self discovery, um, and reading and all these resources and podcasts and things that I look into to kind of learn things to then share with you guys. I love when there are things like this that connect with me so closely that I can then give you like, here is how this actually went down when I tried these things. And I think that's really valuable because not only are you getting, here are the tips that would be recommended by a sexologist. Here are the tips that would be recommended by, you know, all these different articles and things that I've done to prepare for this episode. It's also a chance for you to just hear a very human response to these things and to see someone that you feel like you might know a little bit better myself because you've heard so much from me, hopefully. And, um, you feel that closeness and you feel like we relate on that personal level because that's what I want with you guys and I want you to feel like that. I want you to feel like I'm just a friend for you and um, even if we don't talk and we aren't messaging and whatever through social media, which by the way, please feel free to message me. I love chatting with you guys. Um, but if we don't have that already, just know that I do think of you guys as friends and as people that I get to share with. And that means so much to me. So thank you so much for being here. And if you listen to the podcast and you love the podcast, then let me know, like, give me that feedback. Like I said earlier, it does mean a lot to me and it encourages me and it helps me realize that what I'm doing does actually mean something to you. Um, and that's all that I could hope for. And of course, if you listen on Spotify, you can follow on there. You can rate the podcast on there, which always helps me as well. Um, You can also rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts if you listen there. Um, But that's basically it. That's me. So let's get right into the topic of sex 
in a long-term relationship. So a lot, this is a very common experience for people where, you know, they have this kind of dating season, they date around, they maybe sleep with a few different people, whatever. And, you know, some are better than others, but like you get into this kind of pattern of feeling like that excitement and that initial urgency of like, it's our first time or it's our first few times, or it's like a booty call, you know, it's like, it feels like fun and it feels like unexpected. And it's like, that, that kind of excitement that a lot of the time we also see in the media and we see this like thing of, you know, if you have to fight for it, if there's this drama, if it's this like love hate thing, and then you come together and you have passionate sex, like that's what we see a lot of the time as the image of, of sex. And when we start to get into a long-term relationship and things are really healthy and it's like, the emotional relationship is there, you know, the connection, maybe even like spiritually, if you guys are spiritual people, that's a healthy thing as well for you. Um, you know, you live, either you live together or you are just dating and maybe you aren't living together or, you know, who knows your situation, but you're living this kind of life where you're with this person and then things are starting to get really consistent, which is awesome. Like having someone that you get to come home to or hang out with and share amazing experiences with, or go to dinner with, or just try new things with like, that is such a like beautiful, valuable thing. And a lot of people don't have that. And, um, I think it's so important to just automatically acknowledge, like if you're in that situation, like you are so lucky and having a partner that you genuinely feel like you trust and you are happy with, and they care for you and they do things for you that help you in your life. And equally you get to do things for them as well. And you get to make each other better. That's amazing. And, um, that's a great space to be in. But, and this is the big but, is if you start to realize that because things get so consistent and you start to fall into like patterns and habits with that person, something like the sex can start to suffer. And um, some people don't relate to this. Some people say, you know, I've been with my wife for 50 years and all of our sex has always been passionate and exciting and whatever. And that's amazing. That's amazing. Two people like super high sex drives, like both um, stimulated um, visually and are both like, you know, there all the time for it. That's great. But a lot of people don't feel that. And today I'm kind of speaking to those people who feel that there's a lot of reasons why this could happen. And we're going to kind of go through why this happens in the first place to start out. So I just want to start number one, I want you to acknowledge that you like most of us, and this is what I've just been kind of talking about, you crave novelty, urgency, and maybe even toxicity. And look, I don't want you to get offended by that. Because a lot of us, I'm not going to say all of us, but a lot of us crave this feeling of like something fresh and exciting. And like I kind of mentioned before, we see this in media, we see this in porn, right? This situation where it's like, a situation where they two people who in theory wouldn't have sex are gonna have sex like the pizza man or I don't know you know what I mean like something like that where it's like they wouldn't have sex but then it's a situation where it's like oh it's fantasy maybe they will you know or it's like there's this big drama in a movie right think of like any love movie any romantic movie is just like very much like there's a lot of drama, right? They're fighting. There's a big breakup. Oh, what are we going to do? You know, they come together, big makeout sesh, big like sex moment, right? And like we 
can get this idea in our heads of what sex is. And we just think sex is that. It's this passionate. It, maybe we think it's fast, right? And something I want you to do is to take a second right now and think about what are the things that I associate with sex. To you, maybe it might be slow. Maybe it might be fast. Maybe it might be um, dramatic. Maybe it might be a specific person. But take a second and think about like what are those words that kind of float around, right? Like brainstorm, think sex in the middle. What are the little things that float around in the bubbles around it? Um, and take a second to check in with where you are, because I think it's really important for you to first take a second and not just listen to what I say, because I have my experience of this, right? Everyone has their own experience. You need to think about you for a second. Take a second, realize that because of media, because of porn, we we all likely have at least some form of this expectation around like urgency and like drama around sex, right? And I think when we start to get this idea of like, there has to be this drama, there has to be this push and pull, it can start to become this warped idea that love is something we have to fight for. And like, you should have to fight, you know, like love is amazing, but like, you know, you got to fight for it. It's worth it. And like, and as much as yes, in theory, you know, you want to fight for your partner in the sense of you want to make sure that you're adding to that relationship in the way that you are to have a healthy relationship. And maybe in situations, if shit hits the fan, you have to fight for them for whatever reason. But at the same time, you want to be with someone who wants to be with you. Okay. You want to be with someone who values you and who is equally pouring in as much as you. And if we don't have that, it it's really hard. Like it can be really hard because you start to feel like you are grasping for that person. You are fighting for that person, but are they fighting for you? You know, and it can become a toxic thing that we just accept the drama in a hell in a relationship that's not really a healthy relationship because we think that it's normal. And um, you might also think this not just because of media and porn and whatever else, but you also might have grown up around it. And I want to acknowledge that as well, that you need to think about what are the examples of love, examples of relationships, examples of sex that you have seen in your life growing up when you were younger is really important to think about, but also obviously since then throughout your whole journey of life, what are the examples of that? Because it's very easy for us to mimic things that we see, especially if it comes from people that we trust. So people like our parents would be a huge example. Um, whoever raised you, maybe your grandparents, uh, maybe aunts, uncles, things like that. What were those examples that you had around you? Uh, because you might start to notice some connections as we go through with those relationships. Another way that you might have seen this exemplified is in your own life, in your own relationships, um, in a past relationship. And it's, again, really easy for us to start to learn something in one relationship, learn, yep, this is normal. This is what's expected. This is how I act. This is how they act. You know, this is the love that I deserve in this situation. And then to take that through our lives. And the only kind of problem with that is that if we have relationships in our past that weren't the healthiest, which if you're not with them anymore, 
potentially, you know, there's a big potential for that. Um, you could very easily start to make connections with that person and draw the two of them together and to kind of just kind of, it's almost like you're settling into the same relationship in a way, but it's a different person. And of course it's, you know, that's a very big thing to say because it's a completely different person, but it's very easy for us to have the same habits, even in the sense of how our brain works, right? Like our brain creates pathways and, and we have certain thoughts and they go down those pathways. And until we change those pathways actively and make that choice and, um, make a change of mindset, we are going to continue those patterns. And another person doesn't mean that you're going to stop those patterns, And so I think it's important for you to just think of what have you come from before you've been in this relationship that you're now currently in. Number two, I want you to try to not get fixated on sex as a marker for your relationship's health and worth. I want you to try to not get set on this idea that if your sex is boring or you aren't having sex with your partner right now, that that means that the relationship is on its way out the door. Because sex is a part of us and it is a part of the relationship, but it's not the whole relationship, okay? Like if you, for whatever reason, were having a relationship with someone and something went wrong in the sense of like you weren't spending enough time together, like you weren't spending enough time sitting on the couch together watching something or talking about things or whatever, or one of you were going through some sort of spiritual journey, some spiritual awakening, and that spiritual side of your relationship wasn't really good because you guys weren't aligned with it. And, or you, not that you can't be with someone who doesn't agree with the same things as you spiritually, but that you weren't having open communication about it is what I should say. Um, Something like that. If that part was broken, these are things that can break people up, right? But it doesn't have to. And I think with sex, we put it so much in the front of our heads and we freak out about it because there's so much shame about it. And because people don't talk about it enough. So we feel like, Oh my God, we're not having sex. This isn't going to work. Like what the hell? Like, I don't feel like I'm being satisfied. And all of that is so valid. Yes, you are fine for feeling that, but you don't have to think you are doom and gloom from here on. Okay. There are so many things that you can do from this point on. Like if this is the bottom, if you are at your lowest right now, it's only up from here. Okay. And you have to try to see it that way and not get fixated on the idea that your relationship is not going to work because the sex is bad or it's just not happening. It's going to be okay. Okay. It's gonna be okay. You need to think holistically about what you truly want in a partnership. And if you have all these things of they care for me, they take care of me, they love me, they reassure me, they I trust them, they make me feel good, like they add to my life and they make me a better person and they challenge me. If you have all of these things with this person and then the one thing is sex, you need to try to step back for a second and not let that anxiety and that feeling of, oh my God, this is the one thing that's not working be the only thing that you think about when it comes to your relationship because your you your relationship like yourself is holistic it's a full thing and um the last part here of number two is I want to point out that sometimes if we have a toxic relationship with someone right if you have a bad relationship with someone where there is a lot of fighting there is a lot of drama you don't agree on things you're fighting 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 sometimes the sex might actually be better. Not always, 
right? Not always. For some people, it's like, no, like, I don't trust him. I don't want to have sex with him at all. Or I don't trust her. I don't want to have sex with her at all. But for some people, it can be like, because there's that feeling of push and pull and drama and blah, 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 blah. And you've seen that in so much media and you've seen that in porn and whatever. It's really easy for us just to go, oh, but I'm going to stay with them because like this sex is good. Or, um, we must still have something there because when it comes down to it, we still have that passion and we still really love each other, even though he doesn't treat me well, you know? Um, and I want you to acknowledge if that's what you think your situation is, let's be real girl. Like, that's it. Come on. You gotta, you gotta take a second because, uh, I can say this because I've been there. All right. I've been there. And, um, it's, it's one of those things where it's hard and it hurts because you're so passionate with that person. You love that person so much, but if things aren't actually healthy, is that what you want long-term, right? Like genuinely ask yourself, is that something you want long-term? Number three, I want you to remember that every relationship has seasons. Every relationship has different seasons. You might have one season where you don't want to have sex at all. Maybe it's when you first start dating and you guys actually don't have sex because you're like, "Mm, no, I'm not ready. Mm, Right. That's fine. And then eventually you do. And then it's like, oh my God. And you're like all over each other. And then you go through a season. Maybe one of you moves away and you have to do long distance for a while. And then maybe it looks a little bit different. And then the next season you guys are living together. And then the next season you, you know, who knows, maybe you have a child together. I don't know who's listening to this, right? Maybe you have a child together. You, you have different seasons and different things externally in your life are going to affect your sex life 100%. So if there is something that is an obvious thing that could be causing the sexual kind of issues, it's important to acknowledge it and to ask yourself, is there something that I'm not seeing that is like an obvious thing that I'm just not seeing? And just take a little second for that now. Number four, I want you to acknowledge that other parts of the relationship again, may affect your sex life. And I don't just mean situational, like kind of what I was just talking about. Things like cheating, things like trust issues, things like your communication, even in general, and how good you are communicating about non-sexual topics. Those things can definitely affect your sex life, you know, inability to conceive is a big one as well. Um, just generally feeling unwanted by that person for whatever reason. And that might not be because they don't want you. That could be that they aren't communicating that they love you in the love language that is appropriate to you. And if you haven't done a love language test, you and your partner, you need to do one. You need to, it's easy. It's free. It's online. It's it's there. There's five love languages. You go through them. You learn what, what yours is. And then that person learns to love you better. Cause a lot of the time we love people how we want to be loved. Because we think, oh my gosh, if someone did this for me, it would be amazing. But then you're dating someone, they buy you something, right? This happened with my husband and I. When we first got, when we first got together, he, he kept buying me things and surprising me. And I don't like surprises. I found it like very weird. And like, I didn't like it, especially then when we were married and we were sharing our money, right? This went on until we were married, guys, until I finally was like, stop doing it. Stop. Um, you literally, I remember he bought me this pair of black running shorts from like Nike or something random. And I was like, what the hell? And they were like probably like $80. And we had our money together at the time. And like, we were making a lot of money. We we're both working in hospitality. Like, you know, we, there was like lockdowns and stuff going on. It was a bit, a lot going on. And I was like, why the hell did you buy me these? Don't buy, don't buy me stuff. And he was so hurt because he was like, like, 
if you, I did, you know, if you did this for me, I would love it. And he was just so sad. And I was like, I'm sorry at the time. Look, I should have been nicer about it. I was a bit mean. I should have been a bit more gentle, but I was a bit rude. Um, I've changed. Okay. I've changed. Um, but at the time, yeah, like I was just really frustrated because he wasn't loving me how I wanted to be loved. So please go do that. Please, 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 please. Number five is to acknowledge your own traumas. I know. Yikes. It's going to be okay. Acknowledge your own traumas and how they affect your desire or even ability to orgasm. So we're not going to get too much into orgasm today because I have an episode called Why Can't I Orgasm? (laughs) And um, if you want to listen to that one, it's only a few episodes back. You can go there for that. Okay. Um, But I think it's important to point it out here that you need to acknowledge if there is trauma, either in a past relationship, um, sexual abuse, potentially when you're younger, things like that, just putting it out there, um, that could be affecting the current relationship. And um, if you have not worked through that trauma yet, I want to first say, I'm so sorry that things have happened to you in your life. It's really tough and it sucks when it affects a part of our life that um, can feel shameful already and can be hard to talk about already. So I'm sorry, Um, but it is, it's your job to love yourself enough to work through your traumas and um, everyone has trauma in some sense and everyone has things they need to work through and it is absolutely worth your time to see a counselor, see a psychologist, read a book. You know, there are cheaper options other than going to see someone, right? Reading a book, listening to podcasts, journaling, just getting it out um, and communicating those things with the people that you have close to you. Um, And particularly if it's affecting the relationship with this person, talking to them about it, which is really hard. It's a big step. Um, and I, I, I'm not taking it lightly, but I do want to acknowledge that these are things that can make it really hard for us, um, and can actually affect us physically as well. Something like vaginismus, for example, it's a involuntary, um, what's the word like closing of the vagina. And, um, it's a physical response to something trying to enter the vagina, for example, Um, and if you get really tight in your vagina and it feels like there's no way anything is going in there, you could have vaginismus, for example, there's a bunch of things like that, but you could have something like that and it can actually come down to a trauma response and it can actually be an emotional, um, and like mental thing, not just a physical thing. Um, and there are physical things as well that could be going on, but listen to the other podcast if you want to get into that, or if you experience pain during sex, um, that's another podcast that I have as well, but We are going to move on from here. It's time to finally get into, now that we've talked about all the why, why are we here, which is important. And um, what are the things that you can do that aren't just like working with you and your partner, like the, the deeper things. It's important that we acknowledge that. And I don't want you to be frustrated that it's taken this long to get to the points, please, um, because it's really important. All those things aren't just like precursors. They really are things that you need to take into account. But Finally, let's get into number one to creating a healthy sexual relationship with your partner. Number one, focus on you. Okay. Figure out what you like. If you don't communicate what you like to your partner, who are you serving? Right? If in that moment you're having the sexual experience with your partner, they're doing something to you, they're touching you, whatever. And you are either not enjoying it 
or you're thinking, oh, they could be doing something that could make it more enjoyable, like going faster or going slower or less pressure or more pressure, or um, maybe using a toy or something that you know, you know, would be nicer for you. If you don't communicate that, who are you serving? Because it's not you, right? And it's not them either because they're wasting their damn time. They think they're doing a great job. And also you're teaching them that you like that thing. So what are they going to do the next time you have sex? They're going to do that thing. And then how long is it going to go on for until suddenly one day you say, Hey, stop it. I don't want that anymore. Stop doing it. And they're going to go, what do you mean? I thought you loved this. And that's going to be horrible. Like that is so much worse than telling them in the first place. So try to communicate these things and figure out what you like. And if you don't want to do that with a partner, I would 100% recommend that if you don't already masturbate, bro, like learning what you like so that you can communicate it to a partner is enough to try in the first place. And if you're someone who you have been masturbating your whole life and you're used to it and whatever, it might even be that you need to try something different as well. Like if you always just grow to grab for your toy because you're just so used to it, whatever, maybe try to not use your toy. Because then when you're with a partner, if for whatever reason you guys don't end up using a toy or you don't want to, which I'm not saying you shouldn't because you absolutely should. But if you don't, It's not a huge surprise to me that for whatever reason, you're not going to feel like it feels good or it feels like what you're used to because your body's going to be like, what is this sensation? This isn't as good as when I masturbate. It's going to be a bit, you know, turned off or like put off a bit. And that's not going to get you in the moment. So trying to play in different ways, trying new things. And if this seems very like to you right now, I do have a podcast episode about this. I know I'm just giving you all the episodes today. It's literally called all about masturbation. So if you want to hear all about toys and lube and how to buy a toy in the first place and how to try new things and how to get comfortable and talking about shame and all of that, go listen to all about masturbation. That's going to help you with that hundred percent. We won't talk about it too much, but learn what you like. Also, not just learn about what you like physically, but you need to learn more about your desire, what that looks like for you. Not just, you know, the touch and actually how it feels on your body, but actually learning about what turns you on in the first place. What makes you want to have sex in the first place with your partner? Because that is going to be a huge indicator for what's going to get you in the mood. Either it'll be more often, maybe that's what you're looking for, or it's to make you comfortable, to make you feel like you can trust them, to make you feel good with them in that moment, to make you then want to have that sexual experience. Learning about what do I actually like? What do I actually desire? And I think it's really important to note here that there is something called spontaneous desire and there's something called responsive desire. I wish someone told me this shit. Okay. I realized a long time ago, I thought I had a very low sex drive and I was like, Oh my God, like what's wrong with me? Like, uh, like I, I want to have sex, but like, I also like don't. <laughs> and I was just like, Oh God, what do I do? And I learned very quickly actually that I don't have spontaneous desire. I have responsive desire. So for me, it takes something sexy to be going on for me to want to have sex. And a lot of women feel this. A lot of men feel this as well, but it's just very, very common with women where they can't just have a sexy thought and be like, oh, yep, time to have sex. It's like 
they want to have some touch. You know, they want to have their partner kissing their neck, touching their body, like doing things to make them feel, okay, this is something I want to do with you. Do you want to do this? And to get you kind of thinking and playing in your mind. It's a real thing. So start to understand, do you think that you are, have a spontaneous desire where like, boom, you can just see something sexy and you're like turned on, you're automatically, your body's responding, right? Maybe you're actually physically like getting wet. Um, or if it's um, someone who has a penis listen to me, listening to this, um, you get hard and, you know, or you you start to start to breathe a little bit heavier, like you kind of can feel like, woo, like I'm, I'm getting into it, right? If you're feeling that based off of um, spontaneous desire or responsive desire. I really want you to think about that. All right. Number two is communication. Communication is a must. Okay. How is your partner going to know that you're not enjoying things right now? For all you know, they could be perfectly happy that you guys are having a little break. For all you know, they could be enjoying the sex that you guys have been having. Maybe they're chilling and it's important that you communicate with them. Um, and I really think it's important for you to have this conversation with them that you aren't satisfied with the current situation outside of the bedroom. Okay. Because imagine you're having sex with someone and, um, you know, things are getting heated, whatever. And then suddenly you just say, Oh, actually I really haven't been liking this and I haven't been liking this. And I think for anyone that would be really hard because, Sex is something where you often feel like you are showing a part of yourself that you don't show everyone and it can feel very vulnerable and um, people are going to, you know, the emotions are probably going to be higher in that moment and it's a tough situation to have a conversation and maybe this isn't a conversation, a bad conversation that you're having. Maybe it's not a, oh, I'm not happy and blah, 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 blah. Maybe it's, I want to try something new and I want to try this and I want to try that and I'm really excited to try this. But in the moment, it can come off as like a bit, I don't know, just like discouraging to that person. Um, and the last thing you want to do is make them feel judged. Now, obviously, in the situation, you know, in the moment, there is ways to talk about wanting to try something new. You say to your partner, let's try this position. Let's try this. Let's move this. Hey, how would you feel if I use my toy right now? Something like that, right? You can, there are still moments and ways to do that in little moments. I'm not saying you can't do that ever, but I'm saying that if this is a real conversation you want to have, like a conversation conversation, it would be great if you could choose to do that when things aren't, you know, tense and, and potentially feeling like you might ruin the moment. Cause that's another thing. Sometimes in the moment you feel a bit like, I don't want to say it. Cause like, what if I say, I want to do this position or I want to do this thing, or I want to use this thing that I bought, like flavored lube, for example. And they automatically are like, Oh, that, like that wouldn't turn me on or like, Oh, that makes me uncomfortable. And, um, in that moment, it's not the best time for you to feel then turned down by not wanting them, not wanting to try something, um, or them feeling like they have to do something. And, um, this is a really important note is that your ability to talk to them outside of having sex gives them the opportunity, gives you the opportunity as well to consent and properly consent without feeling the pressure during sex. Because as much as you or they might not be forcing something coercion is very real. And even if you don't want to call it coercion, that feeling of like, oh, like I don't really want to, but they want to, and I don't want to ruin the moment. So you kind of just 
do things or you might, you know, might feel pressured to do things that you don't want to do. And it's really important that we're able to separate these things and make sure that consent is clear and enthusiastic. And you can do that in the moment. You definitely can in, in ways. Um, but it all comes down to how well, you know, your partner, how well that communication usually goes and making sure that you create a safe space for both of you. If you're the one like prompting this conversation that you have in a way that is healthy and safe for both of you. Another tip to having this conversation is to start it off positive. Um, I think when you're going to sit down and have a conversation with someone, even if it's about anything, really, it's good to be able to say like, hey, I really appreciate you. I really appreciate that I get to share this thing with you. And then, you know, when you're talking about sex, really saying to them, maybe even, I really like when you do this. I really like, this is like something that turns me on so much. Oh my God, for, you know, for example, I'm not going to tell you guys what mine are, obviously. <laughs> but um, if, you know, you you rub my back or you touch my back while we're having sex, something about it just really turns me on. Starting with like, hey, you are someone that turns me on. You are someone that I appreciate. You are someone that I want to be able to share this beautiful moment with. And then being able to say, but you know what I've noticed? Um, there's actually this thing that you do during sex that I actually don't really like that much. And sometimes in the moment, I feel like I'm meant to just kind of like go on with things because I don't want to ruin the moment, you know, in that moment. But I feel a bit like, mm, I actually don't like this thing. Or maybe it's, I really love this. I really love that I get to explore with you. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um, and I would really like to try something with you. I really want to try this position or I really want to try a toy or I really want to try like this lube or I really want to try this game or I want to try this role play, right? I really want to try this thing that to me, turns me on and makes me feel really excited. But I don't know, you think about that, like, what do you think? And leaving that conversation open and letting it be exactly what we're calling it, a conversation. It's not you saying, okay, here's what I want to do. <laughs> it's you saying, this is something I'd love to try. What do you think? Would that turn you on? And if not, okay, fair, fair, right? Maybe they would go, mm, I actually have a bad experience with that. Okay, right? You need to be respectful of that. Or actually, to be honest, I think that would actually turn me off kind of, can we try something else? And being ready to be open and being ready to be unoffendable because it's a tense thing. It's a tense subject. And it's really easy to start to get in your head and to get stressed and to feel like they're turning you down, but you need to try to be open going into this conversation. Okay, number three, and this is the biggest point, truly. This is all of the tips and tricks on fun ways to explore with your partner and bring back the novelty. Honestly, I think this is what you're here for. It's just getting into the actual things that you guys can do together to bring back this feeling of excitement, of novelty, of whatever it is that maybe you once had that you feel like you don't have now. The first thing I'm going to point out was something that my husband and I actually did. And I learned this from a sexologist and it was something that I did. So guys, if I can do it, you can do it too. I created a questionnaire for us and, um, it was a bunch of questions. There's maybe like, I don't know, 15 questions or something. Um, some examples for you would be what turns you on? What's something that I doing do during sex that you love? What's your favorite sexual memory that we have? What's your dream sex location? I don't know. I could go on. There's a bunch of questions. If you want more examples, I will help you put together a questionnaire. I love this one because it gives you guys a kind of, not a script, but 
um, some structure to follow in this conversation. So you don't feel like you're just sitting down and being like, I don't know. I want to try something new. I don't know. Like, come on. Like, why can't you come up with an idea? Like, no, try to take some ownership and try to be there in that moment with them. And if you're the one bringing up this conversation, you know, they might not, they're not potentially ready for this conversation. They don't know. So you want to have it when you're actually prepared to bring something to them and, and say, this is something maybe I want to try. And another version of this is it's called the yes, no, maybe list. And it's something that's been created by a beautiful woman. Um, her name is Emily. She has a podcast called sex with Emily, and I would so recommend her podcast to you guys. She is just so fun and funny and open. And she does a bunch of Q and A's and I, I love her podcast. Like I used to binge it so hard during lockdown. It was so good. Um, and she has this yes, no, maybe list and you can actually print it out and it has little boxes where you can check yes, no, or maybe, and it's a bunch of little ideas of things to try together. And so what it does is it gives you guys an opportunity, like with the questionnaire, you both want to answer the question. So if you're going to create a questionnaire, create one for you and one for them. Um, or if you're going to do yes, no, maybe list, obviously one for you, one for them. And you take time and you sit there together and you fill out the questionnaire together. And even doing that is like so sexy and so fun. And it just like gives you guys an opportunity to like be thinking about sex and to be open and having this fun conversation. Um, and you're not actually having sex. You're just having a conversation. It's fun. Like even that can like lead you into wanting to have sex, right? Just talking about it. Um, but it's really cool because you get to explore and you will learn things about your partner that you probably did not think they would say. If they put some on, you know, that's what is so fun about maybe because it's not, do I want to try, you know, blah, yes or no. It's, I don't know, maybe. And that maybe is so fun and it gives you so much of a chance to go, Ooh, okay. I was surprised by you. Like, what would that look like for you? Or like what toy or what version of that or where or right? Because then there's potentially follow up questions to questions. And that's what makes it really fun. Like when my husband and I did this, it was like a good conversation. It was like a long ass conversation. It was probably like an hour, two hour conversation. And we were actually sat by the pool and by our in our apartment building. It was so funny. We're like, are these people around and they have no idea. Um, and it was just so fun. And it was so like sexy and exciting. And you learn so much about your partner. So I would so recommend doing that. Second one that I have written down is to go to a sex shop together. And if this seems really scary to you at first, just know that you are an adult. Okay. And, um, as long as you're of age, I should say that, um, you can go into that space and there are people who work there who are obviously not going to judge you or think anything of you because that this is what they do all day long. You have to remind yourself that these people that are in there do this all day long. You can literally go up and ask them questions about like, what do you think about this lube? What do you think about that? Like they know, like they're on it. Um, there's, if you're happen to be here in Sydney, there's one in Newtown called Max Black that I love. They're so nice there. They're so fun. The girls are so funny. Um, it's like woman owned, like it's, um, super like LGBTQ friendly. It's just like really fun and really queer and like, <laughs> amazing. And, um, even going in there, for example, like even just walking around with the, your partner, right? You don't even have to buy anything. If you don't, if you're not ready to buy something right away, or you don't want to invest in something like a vibrator that maybe is like $40 up to like a few hundred dollars and you, and you don't have the money for that right now, that's fine. Even just going there and like picking up 
things and playing with them and asking your partner like, oh, I wonder what that would be like and kind of having a laugh and letting it be fun and knowing it doesn't have to be this serious, weird, sexy thing. Like you're there to have fun. You're there to explore. You're there to play and just try to focus on that. Focus on play, not on sex, not on stress, not on fear, not on, you know, it's fun and it's just play and going to do that. And look, if you are listening to me and you're like, bitch, like, no, there's no way in hell I'm going to go to a sex shop. It's okay. I get you. You know, it can be an uncomfortable thing, but another way to do this is to actually shop online with your partner. So scrolling online through different toys. There's so many, so many websites. And I, I mean, there's just so many, um, you can go, go for a scroll, maybe pick out a toy together or pick out something like a blindfold or like, you know, something fun like that. You don't even have to go to a sex shop to buy a blindfold. Obviously, you know, you can buy from anywhere, like thinking of things like that. Um, even going into like the sex, like aisle of like a pharmacy, even that, like just so you can have a play and look and see what's out there. Cause there's so much out there that you probably don't even know that's available. And, um, it's really fun. It's really fun. Um, a lot of places online do like discreet shopping or shipping as well. And so the box is discreet and it won't say anything about sex on there. And so if you are ordering it to like a place where you live with other people or people that for whatever reason, maybe your family, you don't want them to know about this, you know, make sure you go and check that discreet shipping box, please. So that they send it in a nice little box for you. Number three that I have down here is to actually buy something. So the first part was, you know, go for a shop, have some fun, whatever. Actually buy something. So there are so many things that you can buy. Like I said, eye mask, rope, lube, toys, maybe um, a smaller toy. There are toys that you can get. There's this one by, oh, it's called Dame. That's what it is, Dame. And um, it is so funny. It's like this little ball and it has like these two little like little like legs on it is the only way I can describe it. The reason I'm saying it's funny is because my husband and I got one and we actually tried it and we thought it looked so much like Mike Wazowski <laughs> because it was green too, bro. It was green and it was like a little ball that has these little legs. It's so funny. Anyways, you basically put it onto your clit and then the little legs hang on the outside of your outer lips. And so it's like a hands-free toy. So it's like a little vibrator. And if you guys are having penetrative sex, um, you don't have to touch it. How cool is that? So look, we tried it. We didn't like it personally. I, I felt like it didn't like this is so TMI. Oh my God. Like I don't have enough like skin down there to like let it latch on for like, I don't know, explain this to you. This is just so TMI. I wish I could cut this out, but I already know I'm not going to. Um, we didn't like it, but I know so many people have loved it. Like I've heard raves and raves and raves of reviews. So that's an option for you. And here's the thing that's actually really cool. Obviously they don't, um, like resell it. Um, but we were able to return it and get a different toy because it didn't work for us. So before you buy something, actually ask them like what the return policy is. Um, just so you know, like what if I don't like it? And they'll understand that because you don't know if you like a sensation until you try it. You know, you can play with it and try it on your hand and stuff. But until you get home and try it, you might turn it on and be like, oh my God, this vibrator is crazy. It's way too much power. Like I literally, I'm not going to be able to use this. Ask them what their return policy is because that will be really helpful for you to know. When it comes to knowing what to buy, it'd be good for you to think about where your sexual relationship is like lacking. So maybe for you, it is clitoral stimulation, which is really common because if you didn't already know this, 75% of vulva owners can not have an orgasm with just penetration. 
75%. So if you've ever felt like there's something wrong with you because you don't come from just having penetrative sex, oh my God, you need to drop it, okay? You gotta drop it because that's not a thing. Like 25% of people can do it. We love them. Congratulations, bitch. But I'm not one of them. And if you are not either, we're in the same boat and it's fine. That just means that you get to have a little bit more fun. You get to have some fun. You play with your clitoris. It's going to be great. Okay. It's going to be great. And you can do that with toys and you can do that with so many different things. But think about maybe if that's a gap for you. Another gap could be that for whatever reason, you don't like fingering um, or you don't I don't know, you just don't like it or you don't like how it feels or there's a reason why you don't like maybe their hand in there or nail. It just feels weird. Maybe you're not with someone who would have short nails. I don't know, you know, especially like if you are in like a relationship with a woman and you're a woman and you have nails, who knows? You don't like that. Finding a toy um, for penetration and maybe it's like a smaller toy than if you're with someone who has a penis, a penis, um, something else to kind of like warm you up, that could be an option for you. It could be something that directly stimulates your G spot. So rather than if a penis maybe is a bit more straight in that sense, um, uh, something that is kind of curved that can kind of curve up and hit your G spot. And if you don't know the anatomy, go for a little Google, go for a little search and learn how there is actually a G spot inside of the vaginal walls. I'm explaining this poorly, but just go look it up because it's a thing. And um, that could be a really great way to have an orgasm as well. So playing around with that and understanding that if you need a little extra help to get there, there's nothing wrong with you. Nothing, nothing. Okay. The next one I've written down is to watch ethical porn together. Okay. So the reason I say ethical is because, um, as we know, the porn industry is just a bit cooked. And, um, there are a lot of situations where people have had assaults and things like that be put up online and people watch it as porn. And they don't know that that's the situation because you never know the situation of what's happening in those people's lives. You never know. So if you can find a way to watch ethical porn, there are a bunch of websites that you can do this on. If you just Google ethical porn, you'll find a bunch. So there are things like that. Um, paying for your porn is another thing that I would say is amazing. Um, maybe you and your partner can sit down and talk about what kind of porn you like to watch. Maybe you don't want to watch it together, but maybe you want to have a chat about it chat about what do you like to watch? Oh, I like to watch this. And it's interesting. So you can have a conversation. You might learn something about them and go, oh my God, I would have never thought that. And that's fun. That's always so fun. Learning something new about someone like that. It's sexy and it's exciting. And it makes you go, oh my God, there's so much more about this person that I don't know. And that should be something that like encourages you. Because if you're at a point in your relationship where you're like, things are boring, our sex is boring. Like, and you've just learned something brand new about them. You're going to continue to learn about them for like ever. However long your relationship is, you're going to keep learning about them. And that's awesome. That's so exciting. The other thing about that is that it might spark some ideas for you guys. Like it's just one of those things, right? It's like me with my Pilates and my class planning. I like to watch videos of other people teaching and um, doing Pilates because then I learn, oh, that looks cool. I'm going to try that. Okay. You can do that with porn. You can watch something, go, oh my God, I've never, I've literally never thought of that position in my life. And then you try it, you might love it. And that would be so fun. So doing that together, it can be amazing. It can be amazing. Next one is, um, mutual masturbation. Oh my God. I love, I love this point. And, uh, and it's not just cause I'm like, Oh my God, I love mutual masturbation. Uh, the reason I say I love it is because it is so good in the sense that 
you both are feeling pleasure, right? You know what you like. So you're, you've followed step one and you figured out what you like. Now you are experiencing pleasure. You're being turned on by each other. You are watching each other and you get to teach each other what you like. Oh my God. It's like so good because for the first time, maybe ever, maybe if you guys have never done this before, you get to see what it looks like when they do that to themselves. And then you get to go, wow, you will go so much slower than I do. Or, oh wow. Like you like really get into it. And that's going to help you be a better lover to them. It is because you're going to go, whoa, that's what feels good for you. I had no idea. Why didn't you tell me? And it, it sparks that conversation, that excitement, that moment where no one has to be stressed. The pressure is off. There's no performance anxiety in the sense of, I hope I'm doing this well. You know, I hope I'm giving them a good blowjob or whatever. I hope I'm doing this well to them. It's, I am just I'm watching them do it and I'm watch, I'm watching me do it and it's just so good and I, w- I could not recommend it more. Um, and even if you can have this the relationship with your partner where you can talk during sex, which I know is a hard thing to do, by the way, I'm not taking that lightly. Actually being able to talk during sex can be very difficult for a lot of people. Being able to actually explain to them what you're doing as well, like, like you know, If you haven't noticed, I'm touching here. I'm doing this. I really like when I just kind of put my finger in here. And then I really like when I kind of do it like this. And honestly, like I don't go that hard or I don't go that light or and kind of being able to explain it to them. It's like, think of how people learn, right? People learn like tactile. People learn like, I don't know, audible, whatever it is. I'm not a teacher, but people learn in so many different ways. So if you can tell them, show them, be with them, and it's all turning you on. Oh my God. Oh, Mwah. love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Could not recommend more. The next point I've ran out of what number I'm at. We're just going to keep going, um, is to explore with lingerie and clothing. And I mean, that seems pretty basic, but you might have never tried it before. So I thought I would throw it in there. And also you might have never tried wearing clothing, which might seem a bit strange to say, um, <laughs> but TMI maybe, um, but maybe you always take your bra off because you just think, I don't know, that's what I do. And then maybe one day you buy a really cute bra and you wear that bra the whole time. And you're like, oh my God, that was really weirdly comfortable for me just having my bra on the whole time. You might feel like that. Or maybe you'll buy some sort of lingerie that has like, you know, a little, a little hole, a little opening that might be like really visually exciting for your partner and for you. And so playing around with that as well. It could be really fun. And it, it just, it just kind of like adds something else. You know, it's like, we like pretty things. Like we, our eyes, we, we like seeing exciting things and that novelty of seeing something in a different way. That's novelty. Like that's exciting. Next is playing with different sensations and thinking of all the different sensations that you have in your body. So like you have like touch, smell, taste, sound, and focusing on that like you could literally have like okay we're gonna have sex tonight we're focusing on sound how fun is that like it's like themed sex like how fun is that you focus all about like whispers and like maybe playing certain music and maybe or maybe like being in the dark right taking like getting rid of one sense and focusing all on another Ooh, like that is even just that you could spend like weeks just playing around with different sensations. Okay. And different, um, like senses, I should say, um, obviously touch is one that we go to the most, I would say, 
or it's like the one you would think of automatically. Um, another one is taste. Um, that can be so many different things. You could do like a flavored lube. You could do like a food, like a chocolate or um, like a whipped cream or whatever it is. And you can try to feed them. You can blindfold them to feed them because the way we perceive and like, I don't know what the word is like accept food when we have a blindfold on is so much more different because we don't know what to expect and we don't actually have the control maybe if they're feeding us and that can be really sexy and fun to play around with. Another one is like hot and cold sensations. So you could use an ice cube. You could use like some sort of heating pack. You could use a warm cloth. You could, you know, play with those different kind of set, like heats and, and temperatures as well. Like there's literally so much you can do. I think it's really just about getting creative and learning what turns you on. And the last one here is like massage is just like playing around with massage. Like maybe you are genuinely tense, <laughs> literally, or maybe you're genuinely tense when you start to have sex because it's like triggering and freaks you out and you're like, ah, maybe massage would be amazing for you. You don't know if you haven't tried it. Next, and we're getting to the end here, sad, is role play. So role play is one of those things that people will hear and they'll either go, oh my God, never, I could never, or they go, oh, maybe. And the maybe is very exciting to me because it, it says, hey, I'm open, you know, and you can get into it as much as you want. You can just be doing it for like five minutes and you just kind of play around. Maybe it's even like a bit of a joke and it's kind of like, like, I don't know, you're pretending to be something to them, like some sort of profession or whatever. I'm not even going to get into it, but you can pretend to be something and maybe eventually you'll just both kind of laugh and then just go and have sex. But just the idea of it, like it's fun. The idea of trying something new and even being able to have a laugh during sex is like so good because you start to open that like, hey, we're comfortable with each other. This is for us. This is for fun. This isn't for anyone else. This isn't to perform. This isn't to look a certain way. This isn't to sound a certain way. This is, you know, sex is messy and fun and there are going to be weird sounds and <laughs> smells and things like that, but it's going to be fun and it's going to be different every time. Last but not least is to get comfortable with the idea of kink. Look, the word kink is scares a lot of people. And it scared me for a long time too, if I'm being honest. I would just think kink and then I would think BDSM and then I would think like, I don't know, like leather and like spanking and like all these things that to me was a bit like, like, I don't know if I would be into it. You know, I would always think that, oh, I don't know if I'll be into it, but I respect anyone who does it. That's kind of how I was. I didn't realize that kink isn't that. Like I was reading a really interesting article, which I'm actually going to link in the description. So you guys can read it if you want to, um, but I'm going to read a little insert from it that I thought was really interesting. It says, defining kink is trickier than it seems. Dictionary.com says it's, quote, bizarre or unconventional, unconventional sexual preferences or behavior, which is pretty kink negative, right? Wikipedia defines it as unconventional sexual preferences, which is much more neutral, but neither quite hit the mark. Kink is a construct and the meaning is subjective. This is a quote that sex therapist and sexologist Stephanie Threadgill tells Bustle. This is where I read the, the article. She says, there is no defining factors that deem one quote unquote kinky. So examples of this would be like, you know, bondage, for example. Um, what else? Spanking, foot fetish, foot fetish, foot, hello? 
can I speak foot fetishes? See, I don't say that word enough. God, I got to say that more. Um, and role playing, right. Are all well-known kinks. But right now we were just talking about role playing and you probably weren't thinking, Oh my God, that's a kink. Oh God. Like, no, like you weren't thinking that even, um, like food play, for example, what we were talking about before with like chocolate and all of that, like even feeding someone, maybe like a strawberry, something like that. Like that's all kink. It's all kink. So we need to get away from this idea that like kink is this big, scary, like really naughty, very like underground like thing. Cause it's not at all. It's just trying something that is like by unconventional, they mean out of like the ordinary in the sense of just basically heterosexual, heterosexual, sorry guys, it's getting to the end of the day, heterosexual penetrative sex. So if that's the like conventional sex, I don't know. I don't want it. Like, give me more, you know, kink is fun. And it's, it's about exploring and trying different things and trying different sensations. And it doesn't have to be this scary thing at all. And I think it's really important that you feel like that is true and that you don't fall into shame. Understand that kinks can be formed at any time and often it's actually at a very young age. I've read a lot about this. Um, I didn't end up finding a specific article that I wanted to like reference or anything, but I've just read heaps about this. So you can always like go and research and find stuff if you would like to. Um, But it can be formed from like a really, really young age. Um, And a huge misconception with kink is that they come from a traumatic experience. And even if, right, even if your kink or one of your kinks happens to come from a traumatic experience, that doesn't mean that there's anything bad with it. Our brains are just funny. Like our brains don't, they don't make choices based off like what is like sociably acceptable half the time, or I should say most of the time. It just gets triggered by random things. Um, Another example in this article is actually like, you know, you could have a really good masturbation session on a blue couch one day. And then the next time you see a blue couch, for some reason you notice you're like turned on and you're like, well, that was weird. It doesn't mean that you're now attracted to couches. It doesn't mean you need to be ashamed of whatever bullshit, right? It just means that your brain has made a connection between a sexual experience or feeling sexual for whatever reason with that object or that emotion or that feeling or that taste or that smell or whatever. And you formed a kink. And that's cool because you can lean into it because, again, our brains are weird. So why don't we lean into our weird freaking brains and just do the thing that feels good? As long as we feel safe, we feel respected, we are consenting and the person we are with or people we are with are consenting. Boom. Like, let's freaking go. Like, just have fun and don't let yourself feel like you're doing something bad by trying something new because you're not, you know, you're not at all. And that basically goes to say for all of those things, don't let yourself fall into the trap of, oh my God, I'm going into a sex shop. This is so shameful. This is so awkward. Like, oh, like, no, like you are someone who is sexually active, having fun. Potentially you're with a partner or partners and you're going to go use these things. Like you get to make those choices. This is your life. Do what you want. Experience pleasure. You need to prioritize your pleasure because no one else will right? Like even if the person that you're with wants you to feel pleasure, if you don't prioritize it for yourself by communicating to them what you want, you don't win and they don't win either. So try to focus on having more grace for yourself and having more excitement around it rather than feeling like it's something bad or scary or stressful because it doesn't have to be. 
at all. It doesn't have to be. Look, we're going to move on from that point. We are near the end. Number four is prioritize time for this. Because like anything, we need to schedule our lives. Like we need to figure out when we're going to do stuff. It's like picture like you're going to the gym and you're like have in the back of your mind, I'm going to go to the gym four times a week. I can't wait. It's going to be so good. I'm going to get so ripped. Amazing. When are you going to go? This is, I literally give this advice all the time to people when they are trying to like get fit or whatever. I'll say to them, okay, just plan when you're going to go. Like honestly, even if you go for half an hour and this is the same for sex, even if you go and you play and you have some playtime and you don't come because the goal of sex doesn't have to be orgasm. Who told us that? Doesn't have to be. Maybe it's just to explore. Maybe it's just for fun. Maybe just your partner comes and it's fun and you had a good time. Or maybe you make out for a bit and then you realize you don't actually want to like take your clothes off and do the whole damn thing. So you had fun. Like there doesn't have to be this end goal. And I think a lot of the time what stops us from wanting to have sex with our partner, especially when things are really comfortable and long-term, you're sitting on their couch, you're watching the show and you're thinking, oh, we should have sex. We haven't had sex in forever. And like, oh, I'm kind of horny, but like, oh, I don't really, I don't really want to. You picture in your head, you're sitting on the couch, you're cuddled up in a blanket, you're watching your show. And then you picture yourself naked like having full penetrative sex and you're like, Oh God, like, I don't want to do that. That's, that's the problem. You're thinking too, too like future forward, like just try with a little kiss and then see what happens from there. That's it. That's all you need to do. And maybe you start making out and you're like, okay, like we are in the mood and maybe you'll start making out and you'll be like, Nope. (laughs) And that's fine. Like it's so fine. And it's important that you don't get in your head about that. Because it's very natural, very normal, and how much better for you to be able to actually communicate with your partner, I don't really want to, and they don't really want to either. You know what my husband and I do? Oh my God, I'm going to tell you guys something. From We sometimes will plan sex, right? We will schedule, we'll literally schedule it in Tuesday night, tonight's the night, okay? We'll say it. Not tonight, literally tonight, but you'll say, you know what I'm saying. And if for whatever reason we get to that night that we planned that we are going to have sex and we don't want to have sex, we shake hands. It's like a thing we do. So like if I've come home from work, I'm tired, whatever. He's like made dinner, like I'm making dinner or he's making dinner. Okay. Let's be real. He's making dinner. And, um, it will just be having a chat. We'll go, Oh, let's watch our show. Maybe we're talking about how tired we are from our days. One of us, and it's not ever just one of us, right? Sometimes it's, it's, it goes back and forth. We'll just put their hand out. <laughs> so funny. We'll put their hand out like that, like just straight. And then the other person just quietly shakes their hand and that's it. So we don't have to have this conversation of like, oh, we were meant to, but we failed. Or like, oh, like we said we were going to have play. Like we were going to try, whatever. It's just like, nah. And that is so much more of that says so much more about the health of your relationship than if you were to both just force yourself to have sex with each other. Like, what's that about? Like, oh, that makes me, it hurts me to think about that because if you can just have open communication, it sets up the next sexual experience to be so much better because it's, you know, we were really tired. We were working a lot last week. We were really busy or, you know, we were working a lot, you know, I mean, in, in the last week, maybe it's going to be on the weekend instead, whatever. Right. And then the next time you have sex, it's like, you both just feel so respected and you both feel like you can trust each other and you're so comfortable with each other because you both have been able to have sex when you want to and not have sex when you don't want to. And there's not this thing of, oh, I should have sex with them because I'm dating them or I should have sex because we're married. No, it's about talking about it together and having what you guys both want. And 
if for whatever reason there is a libido difference or one person wants to and the other person doesn't want to, remember, like I said earlier, that the answer to should we have sex, yes or no, doesn't have to be yes, full on penetrative sex, blah. It can literally be that you're just going to make out. It could be that maybe just one person is receiving that night and one person is giving, right? Oh, if you don't have sex so bad, okay, great, you're giving. <laughs> That's it. Like, and if they don't want that, then whatever. And if it leads to something else, then whatever. But it's about being able to have those conversations clearly. And again, consent is something that continues on. Consent happens every time we have sex, right? And sometimes it's not always like a audible thing now that, you know, we've had sex enough. Um, but it's still very present. And just because you say you're going to have sex with someone once doesn't mean you're going to have sex with them again. Doesn't mean you're going to want to try something that you tried before again. Maybe you tried it once and you didn't like it and that's fine. And you have to talk about it. And that's good because then you learn about yourself. And that takes me to point number five, which is know that you're not always going to get it right. And that's okay. You're not always going to like everything that you try. That's kind of the whole point, right? You go to a bunch of different restaurants. You don't love every restaurant. You're not obsessed with every restaurant. You just go and you see if you like it. And maybe you liked certain dishes and you go, oh, next time we'll try this instead. And that's it. That's life. That's every, every sphere. Okay. And sex is no different. And you'll start to learn this more and more as you start to talk about it, that sex isn't different. Okay. You got to make time for it. You got to schedule it in. You got to prioritize it. Maybe you don't have to schedule it in, but some people like to do that. I think it's helpful. Whatever. Do what you want. Um, but you need to make time for it and you need to know that you're not going to get it right every time. And you're going to have bad experiences. Like you are, you are going to try something and you're going to laugh and you're going to be like, that was so weird. And you're going to be like, I, I didn't like that at all, but that's okay. Because you learn, right? What did I say? Right. You learn about what you like over time. And then something might really work one day. It might really work. I might be like, Oh my God, that was fun. And then maybe, you know, maybe you have sex regularly a few times a week or whatever. And then every Tuesday is the day that you guys try something new. Right. How fun is that? Like just having this consistency of we're going to be constantly trying to explore our sexual relationship. We're going to be constantly trying to expand. So fun. Oh my God. So fun. Guys, oh, I love this topic. I love it. I loved, I don't know what it is. I'm pretty sure I should just become a sexologist because like what a lot of people don't want to talk about this and I don't understand why. I think it's great. Um, um, if you guys have any questions, you want to talk about any of this, this is the end of the podcast. All right. This is the end. If you have any questions, you want to talk, you want to share your experience. No judgment. I am here. You can DM me. My Instagram is Alyssa Taylor Harper. I always link it in the description. You can click through, send me a DM. I read all my DMs. I answer all my DMs. As long as they are appropriate and respectful, I answer all my DMs. Um, and by appropriate, I mean, you can be extremely TMI with me. I just mean like not being, um, like sexual towards me or something like that. Cause that does happen, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, just respectful in that sense. But then also, yes, I would love to talk to you. I'd love to talk to you. And if you want to hear more about any of these things that I talk about, I make a bunch of TikToks all the time where I talk on my TikTok about like, like topics like this. And I give tips and things like that, um, on my TikTok, which is also Alyssa Taylor Harper, same thing. You can also find it from the link below. I will link it below. And, um, yeah, that's basically it. That's all for me. I just encourage you to go and explore and to live this shame-free, fun-filled sex life. 
and know that it has to do with you and your sexuality and your embodiment and your excitement towards sex. And there is a lot that's been unsaid, you know, there's so much to this topic. And I'm sorry if there's anything that I left out that you feel like is really important because, you know, I can only think of so much from my perspective. If you do think of anything though, oh my God, tell me, I'll literally like make a TikTok about it or something. Like I, I just, I am passionate about people getting these conversations circulating in their minds and to get the information that they need to start feeling more empowered to make these choices for themselves and to have fun and to take life less seriously. Um, but to also take themselves seriously in a weird way, like take life less seriously, but also take themselves seriously. So they, they realize that they are worth pouring into and they are worth like you are worth taking time to think about and to consider and to look for pleasure because that's life, baby. And it's absolutely worth it. You are worth every second of your time. So thank you so much for listening today. Um, again, I'll link anything below that I mentioned and, um, maybe I'll even leave some, some links for like sites that you can look for toys and stuff on stuff like that for you. Just so you guys have a little place to go if you haven't done that before. Um, but thank you so, so much for listening. I so appreciate it. And I really appreciate when you guys, um, share the podcast and stuff like on your stories and whatever just means a lot to me. It shows me that you guys are actually listening and that you care enough to share it with other people. And obviously you you reach people that I can't reach. And that's really powerful. And also it gives a message to your followers that you are someone that cares about these topics and is also open. And that's really important for people to know that they have those kinds of people in their life. Even if they don't talk to them about it, just knowing that they're there can feel really comforting for people. So thank you so much. I will see you in the next episode. Have a lovely day. Goodbye. (laughs) 